If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air all of you. And what special Erev Shabbos it is. In actual fact, we are going to celebrate a triple Shabbos this week. Triple? First of all, it's a double Parsha, Bahar and Bichokatai. And as I've often told you, whenever we celebrate a double Parsha, there is a double, a double flow of divine Torah energy. And a double flow of divine energy is a double input of divine wisdom into our lives to give us direction and to give us purpose. It's also Shabbos Mubarakim. We are going to bless the new month of Sivan. The new month of Sivan is the month in which the festival, the holiday of Shabuot takes place. Shabuot, the festival when we celebrate Matan Torah, the day that God gave us the Torah, the day that we receive the Torah. And the day that we receive the Torah is the day that we begin to understand the purpose of God's creation. The day that we begin to understand why, in fact, God made all of this and put us upon this earth. It's also Chazak. <clears throat> we conclude the book of Bayikra, the book of Leviticus, and we begin, we commence with the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers. And whenever we transition from one book in Torah to another, we shout out, we call out at the end of that parsha. When the reader finishes the book, we call out Chazak, Chazak, Benis Chazak. Be strong, be strong. Let us strengthen each other. We strengthen each other with the power of Torah. And when we move from one book to the other, it's not only moving sideways, it's moving upwards. We take with us that which we've achieved and we go forward and upwards in a far greater dimension of Torah strength. We talk about all of this, this Shabbos, this triple Shabbos. But before that, let's stop for a moment and talk about the Omer. And those of you who didn't have the opportunity last night, count the Omer. Repeat after me. Tonight is the 40th. Tonight, last night was the 40th night. Repeat after me. Hayom arba'im yom shehem chamisha shavuot chamisha yamim la'omer. Today is 40 days, which are five weeks and five days of the Omer. And the particular dimension the particular mystical spiritual characteristic that we deal with today is hod of yesod, humility and bonding. Bonding, of course, is not only an interaction between two people, but the connection between two people. And one dimension of hod, it's not only splendor, it's also humility, because in bonding, you need humility. The only way you can truly bond with someone else is when there is humility. The recognition that someone else exists. Bonding is two independent individuals coming together with their own makeup, with their own characteristic, each one contributing something to the other, receiving from the other, this is why you need hug. You need humility and bonding. This is the character of today. As mentioned, today is a triple Shabbos. The triple Shabbos of the double Parsh, Bahar. Bahar speaks about the mountain. It speaks about the particular laws that were given at the mountain. And we're going to talk about something which Rashi tells us 
why in actual fact, when it comes to the particular mitzvah that opens the first of this week's two parshiyot, the mitzvah of Shemitah, when the, lay had, when the land had to lay fallow every seven years and every 50th year, why does it emphasize that it took place Bahar at Mount Sinai? In actual fact, all the commandments, all the mitzvot were given. Why, in fact, is this one highlighted? What is so special about this mitzvah that we underscore it with the fact that it was given at Sinai? Bechukotai. What does Bechukotai means? It means those laws that are beyond human reason and understanding. Yes, there are a great many mitzvot that we can understand. The human capacity for logic, for reason, for understanding is immense. The human mind is exceptionally powerful. We are able to grasp the most incredibly delicate ideas and concepts. But there is a limit to human understanding. What is Bechukotai? Bechukotai are those laws which go far beyond human reason, far beyond human logic, far beyond human understanding. And how does the second of this week's two begin? Im Bechukotai Telechu. If you will grow, if you will move forward, if you will develop within the Chukim. One would think that those laws which are beyond logic are static. You do it. You don't understand it. You don't necessarily derive great pleasure from doing it. It is something that you simply fulfill because this is God's instruction. This is God's order. Why then do we say, You grow, you develop, you move forward. What is the connection between all of that? The second concept that we spoke about, is the idea of Chazak. What does it mean that we come to the end of the book of Vayikra? When we began the book of Vayikra, if you recall, we spoke about Vayikra being that particular section of Torah, which is exceptionally complicated. It talks about Korbanot. It talks about sacrifices, offerings, something which is not only difficult for us to truly understand, but it deals with very delicate ideas of spiritual activity that took place in the temple. It also contains the book of Ayikra, contains the laws that deal with Tuma and Tahara, spiritual purity and impurity. Again, ideas that are complex and complicated, difficult for us to understand. What is purity? What is impurity? It's not clean or unclean. It's not hygiene or non-hygiene. We are talking about spiritual, delicate matters. The book of Ayikra, therefore, our sages tell us, is in a sense the most difficult of the five books of the Torah because they deal primarily with very spiritual activity. Ayikra being the middle book, Vayikra being the backbone of Torah, Vayikra being the center that holds the sides together, is the one that speaks about the spiritual neshama, the spiritual soul, so to speak, of Torah. And because of that, it occupies the middle point, the middle section, that very important place in Torah. We move on to Bamidbar. Bamidbar, the entire narrative changes. 
the entire narrative changes when we begin to tell a number of stories that took place in the desert while the Jewish people were there for 40 years. And some of those stories, if not most of those stories, are not pleasant stories. They don't speak about the glory of the Jewish people. They speak about the weakness, how they tested God's patience how they behaved in a way which was less than perfect. Why do we move from the glory of Vayikra, the glory of holiness, the glory of spirituality, the glory of purity and sacrifice, why do we begin to talk about those stories that speak about the moments in Jewish history that are less than perfect? And then, of course, when we speak about Chazak, why is it necessary to strengthen ourselves when we move from one section to the next, from one book to the next? More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about, first of all, the idea of Bahar and Bechukotai. What is Bahar really all about? What, in fact is the beginning of the parsha all about the mitzvah of Shemitah. Every seven years, the land had to rest, lay fallow. Six years you shall work the land, the seventh year it had to rest. Just like every single week, for six days we work, the seventh day is Shabbat, we rest. What is that really all about? What it's all about is a demonstration of our underlying faith in God. Not only our underlying faith in God, but a demonstration of how we accept that ultimately that which we have, that which we earn, that which we possess, despite the fact that we put our effort, our energy, our human dimension into it, the blessing, the actual gift comes from God. The portion tells us there will come a time that you will ask, if in actual fact we let the land lay fallow for the seventh year, we don't work it, there will be at times almost three years where the land isn't worked properly. And at that time, of course, Israel was an agricultural society. The entire economy depended upon agriculture. And if the land isn't worked for such a long time, how will people survive? You had to work the land every single year, every single season. You had to work the land. You had to harvest the grain. You had to bring the grain in. Otherwise, people would starve. In actual fact, Torah asks this rhetorical question. It says, you will ask, how will we survive? And Torah answers the question. Torah says, God will give you enough that will carry over for the entire time that you won't work the land. Now this takes faith. This takes tremendous trust in God. Because the human psyche, the human way of thinking is, if I don't work, I won't have. If I don't put in the effort, if I don't put in the hours, if I don't put in the time, if I don't earn, I won't have. One of the great tragedies, one of the great tragedies throughout the world 
when people came from the old world to the new world, whether it was in South Africa or Australia or America, Canada, England, Europe, and they came to the new world and they were tested with Shabbos. They said to themselves, if we don't work on Shabbos, we won't have work during the rest of the week. We will starve. And so many Jews who were traditional Shabbos observing Jews in the old country gave up their Shabbos observance because they foolishly felt if they didn't work, they wouldn't have. But if you look at it seriously, if you look at it carefully, if you look at it objectively and honestly, you will ultimately see that earning a living is not necessarily by the effort that you put into it, but rather by the gift that God gives you. Yes, of course, six days a week you have to work. Of course, the human effort has to be there. Of course, the human input has to be there. But the ultimate reward, the ultimate gift, the benefit is something which is a blessing because so often we see people who work and work hard have nothing to show for it at the end of the day. And others, others have much to show for it at the end of the day. This is something that we have to consider very carefully. The blessing of God in that which we do. The trust that we put into God so that we recognize He provides. You know and I know we have seen so many people who work so hard and yet have little to show for. And others, it just pours in. Because blessing is not determined by human effort alone. Blessing is determined by the hand of God and the gift of God. And therefore, we have to recognize that we have to respond to the will of God. And when we do, the blessing will come. And it will come in great measure. And this is why when we take a look at the Haftarah, this week, the Haftarah actually is the Haftarah, the Chukotai, it comes from the book of Jeremiah. It says, Baruch HaGever, blessed is the man, Hashem, who has trust in God. Blessed is the man who has trust in God. That is a blessing. Because if you have trust in human effort alone, you will be disappointed. You will not see the benefits that you truly look for. You think it comes to you. You think that you will be able to reap the rewards and benefits of your input. It doesn't work that way. This is why the Mitzvah of Shemitah says it was given Bahar at the mountain. It was given at Sinai. All other commandments must take a lesson from this particular commandment. Bahar. What is a mountain? A mountain is an inner dimension of strength and pride. To have pride in what you are and who you are, in your Jewishness, in your faith, in your Yiddishkeit, in your heritage, where you come from and where you're going to. Bahar, every time you do a mitzvah, you have to think, I am a mountain. I stood at a mountain. I received my marching orders at a mountain. And this is why I will continue 
along the line that was set by forebearers going back so many generations, and I will continue with my children and grandchildren by showing them, by showing them a message of faith and trust in God, the lesson of Shemitah, the Shabbos of the land, when the land rests, the Shabbos of the week, the Shabbos of life. It's not only a time to rest. It's not only a time to press a reset button and say, we have to sit back and in a sense, relax physically and spiritually. It's far more than that. It is a time that we recognize the hand of God in everything that we do. It's a time that we have to recognize the strength of the human being, the input of the human being, the power of the individual, but the infinite greatness of God in everything that we do. Yes, human beings are great. Human beings are wonderful. We are creative. We can do incredible things. We can do wonderful things. But we are so dependent upon that which is greater than ourselves. And that brings us to the second Parsha. What is the second Parsha? There are different types of mitzvot. There are commandments that I understand. There are commandments that in actual fact blend very easily into the reasonable dimension of human logic and human reason. And then there are chukim. What really determines a sense of trust and faith? Do I fulfill those laws that ultimately... I don't understand. And not only I don't understand, they are contrary to my human, reasonable mind. And the interesting thing is, when I fulfill them with a tremendous sense of duty, of loyalty and devotion, I grow, I develop. Those laws that I fulfill because I understand, my growth is limited by my human dimensions. It might be great, it might be wonderful, but they are still limited by my human mind. When I fulfill laws that are infinite, that are beyond my reason, my growth is beyond reason as well. There is a tremendous dimension of development which is far greater than reason, than rationale, than understanding. There is something that lifts me something that carries me to an altogether different dimension and level of spiritual greatness. This is the double Parsha of this week. Number one, the recognition, the acknowledgement that God plays a significant and powerful role in everything that I do, my livelihood, my health, my well-being, despite the fact that I put in whatever human effort I do and I can, I am still totally dependent upon the blessing, the grace of God in order to do that which I do, in order to be that which I am, in order to have the truth I have, in order to have the nachas for my children, in order to have the menuchas hanefesh, the well-being, the contentment, the fulfillment of life. Also, what gives me true growth 
the ability to enter into dimensions of greatness which are far beyond the normal reach of human ability. The recognition that I am prepared to accept upon myself divine instruction that is so much greater than human limitation. This is the double parsha of this week. The double parsha that talks to me about going to a place that is so much greater than the place that I'm in right now. And this is why it's such a fitting conclusion to the book of Ayikra. It's a fitting conclusion to the book of Ayikra because as I mentioned earlier on, the book of Ayikra talks to, about, to us about those powerful complex dimensions of sacrifice and spiritual purity. How do I achieve something like that? How do I raise myself to a level where I can at least appreciate or function within the realms of spiritual purity and divine sacrifice? This happens when I recognize the presence of God in every single thing that I do. I acknowledge the fact that He is the core. He is the center. He is the blessing and a willing preparedness to reach out and to do something even though I may not understand it. This is a time that we have to come to terms with such things. We live in a world where on the one hand we understand more and more and more and more as time goes on. The world of science, the world of study, the world of research. We understand more and more and more of so many things. But quite objectively, we understand so little. And in truth, we understand less and less and less. Things that overwhelm us. Things that confuse us. And we wonder how and why. And the modern mind is boggled by the realities that we face. And we say to ourselves, how is X and Y possible? How is the reality of the day possible? Bahar and Bechokotai. We have to reach into the infinite dimensions, the spiritual dimensions. That which is beyond the human limits. More on that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We also speak about Shabbos Mubarak, and we are going to bless the new month of Sivan. And as I mentioned earlier on, Sivan is the month, the third month, in which we celebrate Matan Torah, receiving the Torah. This week on Wednesday, it's Rosh Chodesh. And in nine days' time, it's the festival of Shavuot. Shavuot is that glorious Yom Tov, that glorious celebration, when we remember standing at Sinai, receiving the Torah directly from God. Receiving the Torah from God was not only a moment when God gave us the law, when God gave us the instruction, when God gave us, well, the Torah. It is a time that we began to understand what, in fact, the purpose of creation was all about why, in fact, God brought all of this into being. One wonders what, in fact, was God's intention? What, in fact, was God's hidden reason? Why did he do this? Why did he bring all of this into being? This incredible universe and all that is beyond the incredible detail 
the heavens, the earth, and every single detail within the heaven and earth, the stars, the universe, the earth here below. Every single detail has a purpose, has a reason. And it's through Torah that we begin to understand what, in fact, that reason is. Up to that moment, there was a great divide, a great separation between the higher and the lower. And there was a distance. There was a sense of not knowing what it was all about. With Matan Torah, a bridge was created. The interaction took place. The synthesis, the harmony, the relationship between the higher and the lower. This is what Matan Torah is all about. And this is what we celebrate in the month of Nisan. And as always said, when we bless the new month, that which the month contains already comes to the fore. That which the month contains, Matan Torah, is already felt in real terms. This Shabbos, Shabbos Mepachim, when we bless the new month of Sivan. And this is why if you're in Shul tomorrow, make sure that when you bless the new month, you feel that incredible energy that is present. The energy of Matan Torah, the energy of receiving the Torah. It is something which is unique and special, something which is extraordinary, something which has to be felt by each and every one of us in a special and great way. Also, when it comes to the end of the parsha, call out with fervor, chazak, chazak, chazak. Let us be strong. Let us strengthen each other. This is a time when each and every one of us needs strength. Each and every one of us has to share strength. There are so many challenges out there. Each and every one of us faced with challenges. Here, throughout the world, what happened to us in Maron, what happens to us throughout the entire world, this is a time of extraordinary challenge. We need strength. We need the strength of Torah. And as I mentioned earlier on, as we move from the spiritual intensity of the book of Ayikwa Leviticus, which speaks about spiritual purity and sacrifice, and we move to the narrative, the story, of what happens to the Jewish people as they walk through the wilderness for 40 years, we need that extra strength because it is the narrative. It is the story. It's the story of the Jewish people as they go through life, the journey. That's where we, in fact, become a people. We have, we have the ideal of spirituality of sacrifice, of purity, but it has to be implemented not at the highest level, but at the daily level, at the journey of life, as we go through what we call the ordinary experiences of daily living. That's where we need it. And this is why we move from Vayikra to Devarim. We move from the story of sacrifice and purity, and we tell the story of challenge of the Jewish people, sometimes not achieving what they should achieve, but nonetheless taking the moment and making it as best they can, even though sometimes they feel. And this is why when we take a look at the last words of the Haftarah of this week, and we listen carefully how it speaks to us here and now, listen to what it says Yirmiyahu Jeremiah, the prophet, says, Rafa'eni Hashem He says, God, heal me so I can be healed. 
save me so I can be saved. In our lifetime, has there ever been a time that we needed universal healing as much as now? I don't think so. We live in a time that each and every one of us is calling out for healing. The way we have to do the course we have to go through, as mentioned earlier on, the human effort, the vaccines, social distancing, wearing a mask, doing the correct things. We also have to say, Rafa'ani Hashem, God heal me so that I can be healed. Let us demonstrate our faith and trust so that we can be completely and fully healed. Let's do what we have to do. Let's also call out to Hashem. Now is the time. Now is the time that we call out to Hashem. Help me. Help me. I'll do what I have to do. We have to call to Hashem that He should help us as well. So when you're in shul tomorrow, or even if you're at home, listen to the Parsha. It's a double Parsha. It's full of a great many things, some of them unpleasant. But listen carefully. Listen to what it has to tell you. It has a personal message. Listen to it carefully. Listen to it joyfully. Good chance.